Welcome to the Quantum Leap Your Business in Life podcast. My name is Bethany London, and I am an energetic VC supporting CEOs and entrepreneurs in multiplying revenues and opportunities of their business through intuitive guidance and energetic healing. I am obsessed with finding and releasing blocks so that you can start receiving the guidance and opportunities that will be bringing you quantum leaps with ease. If you are looking to upgrade your business, life, spirituality, or need a perspective shift to flow, you've come to the right place. Leave it to me to pull out the juicy stories, quantum leap hacks, and how our inspiring guests have tackled obstacles and gotten into the flow to reach new heights of success. My intention is to bring clarity and massive awareness that infinite possibilities are everywhere. Your next moment could be a miraculous one. Thank you for being on this journey with me. Let's uncover their strategies, have fun, and see how we can quantum leap together. All right. So excited to share with you Scotty Schindler, the street smart entrepreneur. I do not know this guy at all. I was introduced to him through a friend and he is phenomenal. He's grown a company, Renet, over 18 years to become an international brand and company that managed over $1.125 trillion in real estate. So he is now retired and a startup founder, very hyperactive is what he's saying. So Let's learn more. I want to hear all about, because that is some big quantum leaps to get to that level. <laughs> so what, what are you up to now? Let's start with that. What are you up to now? Well, firstly, thanks, Bethany, for having me. I'm, I'm so happy to be on your podcast and for your audience. And hopefully we do inspire and motivate a few people to go out and take a quantum leap themselves. So, yeah. uh, but as far as quantum leaps go, yeah, look, what I'm really busy with now is something that I never thought I'd do, but I always wanted to, which is write, write some books and really crystallize what my journey was like for, for two reasons. One is primarily for a legacy for my kids. So that way, one day, if they start their own company and they want to have a quantum leap themselves, well, then guess what? They go, what did dad do? Now, I'll either be here or I won't be here. Just read but the book. Way, sorry? <laughs> Just read the book. Read the book, right? Or books. <laughs> I'm writing a series. And that's the second thing is a bit of validation. You know, was Scotty just lucky? Or did the things Scott do, did they work? And if other people can like them and use them and, and succeed through the systems that I've I followed myself, well, that means they worked as well. So the validations, that's what keeps me motivated and, and inspired internally myself right now. Amazing. Yeah. I, one of the questions I've asked people before is what gets, what gets you out of bed? So. Well, what gets, for me, it's surf. <laughs> surfing. Surfing. Oh my God. Amazing. I love it. That, that motivates me a lot. Uh, I, I get out of the water for a surf all the time. Uh, my typical day is two or three hours surf in the morning. Uh, come home, bit of lunch or brunch. Then depending on what the need is for the day, or maybe write a little bit, do a bit of book work, go for another bike ride. Uh, that's my, been my daily activity now for nearly five years. <laughs> wow. Is that how long it's been since you exited? Yeah. In fact, 
when are we? Uh, next week, five years. Wow, congratulations. And so Renet, you were at for 18 years though. Well, it depends on how you look at the story. So I started that journey and it went for 18 years all up. So it, it was either 18, 15 or 12 years, depending on how you looked at it. So, cause it took two years to get Renet off the ground. So I spent two years trying to work out what to do as a business or a company. And that took two years, but I guess that's, that's part of the Renet journey, but I didn't start Renet until February, 2002. But then I, I actually sold it the first time in January, 2015. So there's oh. sort of the, the shorter period, if you like. Of, and then all of a sudden I stayed on for another three years. And in that period, in October, 2017, I sold it for the second time. And then I, I committed to, you know, hang around just in case till January, 2018. So that's where the, the depending on how you look at the journey as to how long wow. it exactly was. And they needed uh, you. They needed you. Well, you, in the end, I chose, the lucky to, term. I chose to retire instead of, you know, working for a company. I found out, just so you know, that I am a terrible employee and uh, I'm a much better worker than I am employee, mm -hmm. however you want to translate that. But yeah, I, I thought, no, nah, I, I can't work for anyone anymore. So curious, while you were growing the company, were you surfing then a lot? Yes. You yes. were? Okay. Yeah. So that was still, that was even then your routine? Yeah. No, no appointments before 11 o'clock in the morning. Ah, see, we didn't no, have I say that, that but there was plenty of times where I couldn't go surfing. There were plenty of times where priorities came or I was away. Look, I did miss out. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, it wasn't that perfect. But as a rule of thumb, yeah. life had to be balanced, right? Healthy, wealthy and wise. Life had to be balanced. And I didn't yeah. mind working hard, but I also had to balance it. And uh, that came as a result of not being balanced in my 20s. So I wanted to be balanced when I started a company. That's why I started a company. It was priority one. Sure, I wanted to make some money, but at the end of the day, it couldn't be the cost or the sacrifice of every other benefit, marriage, Which kids, is really common. Health. Yeah. It's super common that it's like the, the weight of the family or the struggle there. It's it's because when I'm working with, yeah, it's like the wheel or whatever. If you want to look at the wheel of everything, it's so off balance with so many CEOs. And then yep. it's, there's such a weight on their shoulders and the stress that it's like, they can't even think straight. <laughs> it's like, but we need you to make fabulous decisions, which my guess is you, I mean, it sounds like you were portraying this balance and I, I mean, to go be with yourself in the ocean, be one with the ocean every day. Yeah. Like what a beautiful space for, I'm assuming clarity. Did you get a lot of thoughts? Totally. Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. So sometimes in the surf though, you're busy. Like mm -hmm. it's busy in the surf and other times it's just like meditation, you know? So it can be just you in the water. It can be crystal clear and it can be sunny day. And it's just like meditation. No one else around you, just you in the ocean. But it's amazing how you, like I said, in deep meditation state, how you think of things and you think of ideas and you get re-inspired and re-motivated. And people get that sometimes from, you know, walking in the forest, for example, a bit of clarity. And, and, you know, I got it from the ocean and some people purposely meditate. They'll sit down and break away and meditate. So I was lucky I had the ocean and I was a competitive surfer. So, you know, I, I, it was no such thing as a, a bad day in the office when it came to surf. Right. <laughs> So but like, like how long were you out there? You were out there for a while in the ocean. Yeah, I mean, constantly. You're, you're, dealing with, you're dealing with an energy person here. So like, this is fascinating <laughs> to me. 
Like, well, the other day I, I went on a surf trip. I just got back from Indonesia surfing. Mm-hmm. And there was one day out there I spent seven hours surfing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a long time, right? So how long do I go for? Well, it just depends yeah. what I need, what I want, how good the conditions are. If it's bad, I might just do half an hour, an hour, you know, just to go out okay. there and stay consistent, stay in the game. You know, what right. you, if you don't use it, you lose it. So you've got to go. Um, and I just found it, I find it really cleaning as mentally, spiritually, emotionally, physically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, cause even if someone's like hiking or go to, goes to workout class, I mean, they're, it's like, you're active, you're active. I mean, maybe not so much hiking, but like, it's like, you're, you're actively using your mind for all the things, but I feel like surfing, obviously there, there's like a, I believe a part I've not been able to conquer surfing. So let me just say that for support <laughs> But there's like an aspect of being coming one with the ocean and knowing and like feeling like now is the time to like jump and get up. And like, so I feel like the amount of presence that's involved in that versus like other workouts or like a meditation, which most people are can barely last three minutes in meditation, let alone 20 daily. (laughs) Yeah. So did you have like creative things that were coming through when you were on the ocean? Oh, all the like, time. Oh, this is how I'm going to handle this situation. Now I know. Yeah. All the time. All the time. That that moment of clarity came all the time. And, you know, I, I have a, a road bike that I've had so many ideas come from just pedaling for exercise sake and just deep in thought, you know, but there's no phone calls. There's no distractions. It's just you and your brain. I did triathlons oh, 20 odd years ago when I was trying to get fit and it worked. And, uh, but, you know, swimming in the pool along that black line, just following that black line up and down. It's amazing how your mind actually can open up too, you know? So you're right for meditation, proper meditation. I couldn't sit for three minutes trying to meditate. I have ADHD. It's not going to happen. So I meditate when I'm active and actually doing some things, you know? So um, that's, that's, that's how I relate. By the way, I've done 13 half Ironmans. 13 half oh well done Yeah, half ironmans but not in like a decade probably now yeah they're hard work aren't they yes but it's like the finish you finish and you're like i can do anything (laughs) (laughs) i uh i really struggled in the run in the half ironman and i remember i remember the people running past me and i'm thinking Mm -hmm. oh man they look like they're in so much pain but they were going past me (laughs) I yeah. must have looked sore. <laughs> oh my gosh. And the yeah, the people that would pass me, I'm like, what? I swear I'm in better shape than you, but apparently not. <laughs> and that, I mean, tangent, but like my best time was the time I trained the least, but it was a, I did mental training and I, yeah, I like crushed it. I was like talking to people, breathing easy, <laughs> like no big deal. And I had so much fun and I'm like, wow. I hardly even trained this time. Yeah. Um, but back to you, back to you. So, okay. How about your childhood? Is there something growing up that led you to be, you know, the successful businessman? Good question. And I'm going to say all of it. I didn't grow up in mm-hmm. poverty, but I was pretty close to it, which meant mm-hmm. if it was to be, it was up to me and I had to go and do things. So, Looking, I actually just did a post today. It's interesting you asked that question. 
uh, I did a post and a photo today on LinkedIn where I was different to all the other kids. So I had the hand-me-down clothes. I didn't have the same color shirt as everyone else. This was a light blue. Mine was a dark blue. You know, mm. I was just different to the other kids. And they treated me different too. So, you know, when I got to high school, I actually walked around for the first year or so, almost two years, just, you know, that, that kid that walks around the school on their own. Um. Yeah, well, that was me. So talk about being independent. So being independent as an adult and not having to listen to people's opinions when it came to, I want to do something. When people started telling me, oh, you shouldn't be doing this or you should be doing that. I was independent. So that independence from, I guess, being different as a kid growing up. I'm not going to say it was the reason why I succeeded. I would have much rather had some friends. I was the same person. Well, I yeah, I was going to say my first that. thought would be alone. And you're using the word independent, which is very forwarding language, which I love. But did you feel lonely at times then? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it yeah. created independence, right? It did. Right. It created that sense yeah. of, you know, like I said, at the first, if it's to be, it's up to me. I mean, I have to make things work and no one else is going to help me or do it for me or encourage me or motivate me. So I had to do it. The funny thing was I started surfing. So we go back to the surfing analogy. So I started surfing when I was in year eight and by year nine, I was one of the best surfers. So all of a sudden people wanted to know me. All of a sudden I was accepted into people's areas and people invited me to things and all of a sudden, I was one of the cool kids. But before that, I didn't have an identity. I didn't have a personality. I was the same person. But once I got good right. at sport, then people wanted to know me. So I'm also very skeptical of people too, because the same people that wanted to know me then didn't want to know me two years ago. And I knew the reasons. I knew deep down. So, you know, I was also very, uh, what do you call it, protective, personally protective. You talk about feeling alone, even within a group, I still felt alone, but it created that independence. It created that, you know, call it grit and determination to look after yourself from adversity. So, yeah, you talk about what and, and it like does. You didn't have to adult. fit in. You didn't have yeah. to fit in to meet certain standards because you were already whatever, feeling outcasts, independent. Yeah. And yeah. Okay. Love that. And any brothers or sisters or anything like that? I do. I have an older sister and mm -hmm. two younger sisters. So all different dads. Okay. So I never yeah. got to, I, I, I sort of vaguely remember my dad, but I never really got to meet my dad. Oh, so that's interesting. So do you feel like you had to be like the man of the house or any of that? No, not really. No, I didn't feel like no? I had to be the man okay. of the house. No. Not really. I, um, yeah, <laughs> I probably was, but yeah, I didn't really feel an obligation. I didn't really feel that obligation no, to get into the house. So yeah, yeah, I wasn't yeah, the yeah. oldest one either. I was the second, second born. Okay. So I had two younger sisters. So Got it. my older sister was pretty wild. Didn't fall far from the tree and she left when she was 16. And yeah, I did. I did look after my little sisters, you know, they were littler. So I was the babysitter and things like that. Um, uh, that's, that's I guess when it just happened. It happened yeah. naturally, right? But I didn't that's feel an obligation happened. to be the, the man of the house. It was just, yeah, right. just sisters growing up, doing Got the it. best we could. Okay. So fast forward, you're, you know, an amazing surfer getting through high school. And then, and then what? Did you go to college? No. 
No, I, I left yep. school, started working when I was 18. Uh, I wanted to get into I wanted to get into business of some sort. I didn't know what or how. I ended up getting a job. Um, I made windows and, and, and fire screens for the first year. So straight out of school. So when I was 17, when I was 18, I got a job selling insurance uh, with an American insurance company in Australia. And I did that for nearly 10 years. In fact, it was 10 years. Um, then I then left that in 2000, in March 2000, to start a business of some sort. I had no idea, but I wanted to get into IT. That's all I knew. I wanted to do something to do with IT. And then in April 2000, there was a big dot-com crash, stock market crash. Some people remember it, some people won't. To give you an idea, Amazon shares at the time were 95 cents. They went back down to 5 cents at the time. Oh, man, missed out. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I know they've shuffled everything around now, but, you know, a few months ago, they were $3,300 a share. They've now done yeah. all this splitting, so it's completely different right. to give you an idea. So I'm thinking, oh, here I am. I've left a job for 10 years. I'm thinking about starting a business or trying to start a business or wanting to get into this IT space. And the whole technology sector crashed. Companies went broke, just literally evaporated because there was no confidence in the IT sector at that time. Funny how things change though, right? <laughs> yeah, you, you, you were like, no, don't, you know, the universe is like, no, don't do this. But you're like, no, I'm, I'm going to do it. What was the, yeah. Yeah, well, I saw it as a smart way to build business through technology. So I saw it as a smart way to duplicate myself. So I could write some code or I could write some software once and get paid for it twice. So I could do something once mm -hmm. and get to reuse that over and over again. Not only the sure. software, but you know everything about that company that I built was uh, using time duplication. Everything was duplicatable, scalable and duplicatable. So that's why I wanted to do IT. So was it for the money? Definitely for building a business, 100%. Was to be able to work smarter. I wanted to be able to, uh, in this chapter, even though it's 20 years ago now, <laughs> but in this chapter, <laughs> I really, really wanted to be able to have a smart business that I could build in yeah. my own redundancy and it would keep growing without me. With or without me, the business would operate. So I'd do something once, get paid twice. Before it was called software as a service, I was doing mm -hmm. software as a service. I was renting the software. So there was resistance for that sort of thing. People wanted to buy mm. the software and I'd go, no, you can't buy it. You have to rent it. Now it's not called renting. It's called software as a service. So there was a lot of resistance yeah. around in the early days because it was a different model. But for me, that model was a duplicatable scale model, you know, now called subscription. Pioneer in the SaaS. Yeah, some people say I was a trailblazer, but you know, at the time, it didn't feel like it. At the time, mm. it actually felt like I'd missed the market. Ah, uh, got it. Yeah. Wow. So, okay. So you wanted to build a business. You like the idea of being duplicated or triplicated, however you say it a million times over. And was it exciting to you? Like what was the emotions happening there? I'm just curious. Cause obviously you said two years, it, it it's not like an overnight thing. Well, it took nearly four years before I realized I had a company. So if you want to go through the emotional roller coaster. After yeah. the first year, I had three attempts at a business and they didn't really work. When I say didn't work, I didn't get a lot of traction. I was making some money, but I was, I was losing confidence. And so was my wife. She was saying, you know, like, maybe you should get a real job. 
So I started looking for work and jobs at the start of 2001. So I filled out some job application forms and I, I, I sort of thought maybe I need to get a job. And the funny thing is, not only did I not get a job, I never even got a job interview. Mm. So I was forced to keep going down the path. So it's funny how in life, everything happens yeah. for a reason. You're led, yeah. So then in May 2001, I bought a book on programming. So I started then writing uh, some, some, you know, what we now know as cloud software. So I started writing some software that was server-side instead of just websites. So it was much more deeper and much more where I wanted to go. And that's what started that whole process of ReNet. And then that started working. So, you know, I had three more attempts. I, I tried a real estate software solution. I tried a car yard software solution. I tried an accommodation software solution. Now all three worked, but the real estate one was the one that got traction. So the other two never took off mainly because I let them go, but I did take six attempts all up to find ReNet. And then in February, 2002, I started ReNet, but then that was only the start. I then had to prove it and make it into a business. And by the end of 2000, well, September 2003 was the last time I knocked on a door. So I didn't knock on a door to try and sell it anymore. I had two staff members and I was hiring more and all of a sudden it was running. So that sort of journey took four years of wanting to quit, trying, trying new things, building up the business, investing back in the business, all those emotional things that happened. But it, and you were, you all a one, were you all a one-person show at that, doing that? Like you were doing the end, yeah. coding and everything yep. on Till, your own. I hired the first, I hired the first employees in April, 2003, Easter. So I hired two people in April, 2003. And then by the end of that year, I knew I was a company now. Yeah. So that Amazing. journey took nearly four years all up. So 2000, 2001, 2002, 2003, almost all of it. So nearly four years from leaving a business or leaving a job to now I've actually got a company now. I now have something. And it was exciting. I loved it. I was totally addicted to it. If I was awake, I was working sort of thing. Even in the surf, you talk about meditating and we spoke about that breakaway, but I'm still thinking of work. I'm still thinking of solutions. It was a great balance. But yeah, if you're awake and it's your own company, you're going to be thinking of it all day. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, so were you getting like any... Cause that, I mean, that's quite a, a long period of time and you, you were trying different routes with um, the different versions with real estate and the other avenues Were people supportive of this progress or, or is it kind of like high school or something where it was just like, you're, you're leading the path and everyone yeah, in their I, comments can stay aside. I was getting sales. People were buying what I was selling. So that, okay. That's all the support I needed. Everyone else was yeah. just noise or distractions. And I was just focused on the goal. You know, I knew I was doing things differently. I knew it was different. I, I, you know, I just said, but I want to do it this way. So I had some rules. I had some systems I wanted to follow. And, and those were true to what I needed a company to be built like. Got it. And is this, this is what you're doing now, the systems engineer? Well, now I'm, well, now I'm just sharing those systems for other people so they can follow them, you yeah. know, and it's like, 
it's like the alphabet. So my systems are a bit like the alphabet. They're street smart systems. It's, it's like, you know, the alphabet is A, B, C, D. But you know what? You can make your own words. You can right. use my system of the A, B, C, D or the five systems, but put it into your business to work smarter. So we've spoken a couple of times now about duplication. So time duplication was a non-negotiable part of the business I wanted to start. So, well, let me put it another way. Time duplication is the one thing every successful person understands. They duplicate themselves, they duplicate their products, and they duplicate their money. So that system alone was a non-negotiable thing for me. So I had to have a business that I could duplicate myself, employ more people and so on. A product that I could build, but be able to resell, resell and resell. And obviously when I made money, I invested that back into making more money while I slept. So those three yeah. in that system are non-negotiable. Now you could be, you could be in any business. You could be a mechanic or a chef. It doesn't make any difference. That system Coach. is one you can use in your business. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. So time yes. duplication. Now, in the book, I write about it. Don't get me wrong. I do write about it and say, well, this is why it's so important. You need to be able to do it. Now, some people can manage to do one of the three, a few people too, but not many achieve all three in a great way. But if you can get all three, so you've got people working and doing things for you, You've got products you're building once and getting paid over and over again for, and you're making money while you sleep. Well, then you've got whatever your definition, whatever your definition of success is, you've achieved it. Now it's just a matter of how much of it do you want. Right, right. Um, well, it sounds, yeah. I mean, it's like kind of building your own rule of code to abide by or whatever the rules are, you know, that's kind of my takeaway, even though you have a specific one that's in the book, which we'll find out when they're out. <laughs> we'll have you back on. Quantum Leap book is, is finished. <laughs> well, I've got, yes. so that's the book there. I just released it independently or self-published or whatever you call it. Oh, there you go. Yeah. But the five go. systems of successful people. So that's business judo, time duplication, the business of thirds, the rule of 100, and sugar and cream. And I had all those systems before I started the company. All I did over that journey was use those systems to build the business. And, and you know, it's funny, I, when I sold the business, you talk about these moments of clarity, we speak about this sort of thing, yeah, your higher mm -hmm. self and so on, yeah. which I'm a big believer in your higher self, right? Your intuition is, that's another subject for another day. But anyway, I was lying in bed one day and I realized that all the things I tried to do in 2000 to start the business worked. So I was lying in bed, went, wow. So I actually pulled that off. I went full cycle from, from, from concept to starting it, to building it, and then exiting from it successfully. I went, wow, that's pretty cool. And then I, then I got asked to speak for Google at their startup grind series. And I spoke about two things at that, which was business judo, and time duplication. And that's when I realized people liked the way I put things. Street smart ways of putting it. Not academic. Yeah. Anyone can follow it. Anyone can use it and leverage off it to whatever it is they want to achieve. I love it. Yeah, that's amazing. We'll have to check out the book. I did not know you just released a book. This shows how well I knew this guy before I got on <laughs> the 
okay. I've been told I'm like peeling an onion. Just there's just so many layers, yeah. right? I just keep going. <laughs> we just when you're talking going. about intuition, I mean that's what I do. That's all. What, that's all I. I'm like intuitively supporting my clients, um, and supporting them and in increasing their intuition. So that's, huge that's, fan of intuition. Mm-hmm. God instincts, intuition. It's just something everyone should follow. Yeah. Yeah, and listen to and got to clear the noise, which I think you're pretty phenomenal with if you're spending, you know, 30 totally on your page, Bethany. seven yeah. hours <laughs> meditating <laughs> on the ocean. I mean, that's amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm curious because you were kind of led. I, did you notice that theme throughout that the leading, the kind of the guidance, like you weren't able to find the job and then you're like, okay didn't even get a job interview. I'm going to take on this myself and learn coding. So, so what's the question? If you like looking back, I'm curious if you noticed any sort of like guidance system. Like looking back, led. I do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So if you go back to one of the reasons why I left the insurance business, it was because I, I had a bit of a narcissist guy in that company that I wasn't getting along with. So I thought, bugger this. Why am I working for a company? Now, if that hadn't happened, that self-intuition guidance or independence, if that hadn't have happened, I wouldn't have left that job to try on my own. So yes, looking back, all sorts of things guided me to where I, I got to at the end. Uh, sometimes, I, you know, is it, is it luck or is it, is it just following my gut instincts and intuition? And I, I really don't have a firm answer for that, but I do know that I was very goal-orientated. So I'd, I'd say, okay, I, I think there's something better out there and I would try and find the better things to do. Um, and and I hugely goal-orientated, big believer in planning for the future and thinking about what it is you want to do and who you want to be in five years' time or 10 years' time and then working backwards towards that. You know, So I'd, I don't want to get what I'm given. I want to make happen what I want to have happen. And there's a big difference, big difference. You know, yes. Who do you want to be in five years' time? will create that life. It helps you make better decisions along the way and not listen to the noise. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and you're more responsible. You're in the being responsible and create You're in the creator mode of it versus reactive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just so you, just to give you a bit of a, I had a really big life-changing moment in 2000. In other words, what I did in 2000 was I had a complete life reset talk about a midlife crisis and I was like 27. So what I did was I felt like everything owned me at the time. So potentially this is some of the things for your marketplace, but what I did was I actually did a complete reset. I sold everything I owned. I quit my job and did a complete life reset. I said, it's never going to be like that again. You talk about an epiphany, like it was completely an epiphany. That epiphany took a few years to execute, but it was 2000 when I executed it. Done. Nothing was ever going to own me again. I was going to be in full control of everything from that moment onwards. Now, most people thought I was going broke. Most people thought I'd lost it. And no, what it was, was a complete reset. So I had two houses. I sold one house so I could pay out the other house. But the nice car we owned, sold it. The furniture we owned, sold it. Everything. I said, I'm doing a complete reset. I actually had a burn off. So I had one night at the back of the house we had. And I burnt every trophy I ever earned or achieved or had. I had a big burn off. That was the old Scott. The new Scott going forward, nothing owns him again. And that was pretty ballsy looking back on it. I love that story. 
you talk about an epiphany or following your gut instincts or your higher self, this was going to be a new Scott. I had to get rid of the old, burn the bridges and move forward. Now, most people don't have the courage to do that. And I probably wouldn't recommend it either, by the way. But um, the way you do it is up to you. But you still need to go, who am I going to be in five or 10 years time? And if I keep doing what I'm doing now, what am I going to look like? Well, I need to fix that. If that's not going to be the person I want to be, either the career or the lifestyle, your health, well, you need to fix it. You can't keep beating your head against a brick wall, expecting to knock it down. You, you created your own wake-up call. Yeah. Kinda. Instead of yeah. something like catastrophic happening, it's like, nope, this is happening. I'm going to make it happen. It wasn't I the time that. for me. It was like, oh, <laughs> but I'm, I'm doing it. I don't care about anyone else. You go back to that mm -hmm. independence when you're growing up. I was lucky mm -hmm. I had that. At the time, it didn't feel it. But, you know, in hindsight, looking back, I'm blessed. I didn't have to prove anything to anyone else, just myself. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Okay. It is a bit freaky. I wouldn't recommend it to anyone, <laughs> but it's a true story. I actually, I just burned, I didn't do that, but I did sell almost everything and restart kind of, but not in work. And I still am doing the same thing, but it was just like a 2020 thing. Yeah. I think, I think it happened for a lot of people. <laughs> Yeah. And, and that got forced upon a lot of people to reflect and go, mm -hmm. okay, well, you know, now that, now that everything's changed, it's time to change. It's a perfect segue right now to be that person you want to be and change. I agree. I agree. I love it. Oh my goodness. So juicy. <laughs> so juicy. Uh, and yes, on brand with the fire burning and clearing and <laughs> Yeah. People will do it in different okay. ways. People will quit their yeah. jobs and travel in a caravan for six months, whatever it is, but have that transition that there's going to be a new you, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was just yeah. part of it for me. Selling everything, the burn off was just part of that cleansing process to move forward. Make, makes sense. So, okay. So I always like to end the podcast with what are your, what are three tools in your tool belt? or three keys to quantum leaping for other people? I mean, we've been kind of deciphering it, but what do you got? Three. So three. For, well, firstly, to quantum leap where you are to where you want to go, you have to know what that is. So if you're not clear on, if you're 30 and you're not clear on what you want to do when you're 40 and who you want to be as a 40-year-old, you're not going to get there. If you're 40 and you're not clear what it's going to look like at 50, you're not going to get there. And if you're 50, you're not clear on what you're going to look like at 60, who you are, what you're doing, your lifestyle, your health, you need to be clear on that. And if you're 20 right now, you're lucky because you can think about, well, as a 30-year-old, what do I want to do? As a 40-year-old, as a 50-year-old, as maybe a 60-year-old, it might seem like a long way away. But if you don't know who you are and what you want, you'll end up getting given what you're given. So if you want to quantum leap everything, be, be a little bit certain about who you want to be and where you want to be. So for me, I was lucky I did that. So as a, as a young kid, I had an idea of what I wanted to be like when I was 30. And that was to be a business owner of some sort. Okay. So when, does it make sense? I thought as 40 year old to be successful. A lot of people think they're going to be retired by the time they're 45. You know, well, it turns out I was one of them and I did. So I was lucky. I managed to achieve it. <laughs> uh, so that's the first thing, set goals. The second thing is the balance in life. So you've got to have balance. So the mantra that I came up with in um, 
1997 was healthy, wealthy, and wise. So everything I was going to do as I moved forward was strive for healthy, wealthy, and wise. Like I said, that was a mantra. I came up with that because of a bit of a midlife crisis when I was 27. And I went, well, from now on in, I'm going to be smart. You know, healthy, mentally, physically, emotionally, wealthy for the same things, not just financially. And wise, make smart decisions and balance life out. You know, it's no good being the richest guy in the cemetery. It's no good having the most toys <laughs> and not enjoying life. So you've got to be able to get balance in life. Work hard but work for the right reasons, work smarter. You know, think about time duplication or business judo, two perfect examples, work smarter. So uh, that's the second and the third. Well, what can I give for the third? Probably, probably one of the reasons why I managed to retire early was because I, for a start, I had that moment of clarity and that transition, but I also avoided a thing called wealth erosion. So in other words, I didn't buy things I didn't need with money I didn't have to impress people I didn't like. So I was very careful of wealth erosion. And that's part of that wise bit for healthy, wealthy and wise balance. But I also made sure that I made smart decisions. You know, when other people were buying those things, I was going, yeah, but I don't think that's very wise. When other people were doing that, yeah, but that's not really going to fit into my, who I want to be and where I want to be. You know, so you go through the financial uh, stages where you, you know, you're financially secure, you've got a job, blah, 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 financially wealthy or financially independent. You go through these stages and, and I had this clear vision of what financial independence was like and then financially wealthy. I knew what that was going to look like for me. So probably the thing that did set me up more than anything else was avoiding financial erosion. All right. I, I'm curious, based on the first one, the goals, because you are such a yeah vision goal-oriented person and you have the, the five-year, the 10-year. I'm curious if average or norm, if it's the norm for you to accomplish the goals within that time frame or sooner because you are so dedicated to them. Surprisingly enough, I do achieve a lot of my goals. Nothing ever works out perfectly, but you know, you... <laughs> A lot of my goals are action-based goals, not so much result-based goals anyway. You know, I have an idea of what I want to look like. And if all these actions work, if all these actions come off, the results will be there. So I'm very big on action-based goals. Can you give me, an, what is an example of an action-based goal? Well, here's one. Action okay. was to do the book. The result, I don't know if I'm going to sell a thousand or 10,000 or a hundred thousand. <laughs> right. Does that make sense? Okay. I can't yeah. guarantee the result. I can't guarantee my best-selling author. But I do know I can write the book. I can do the action. You know, same as yeah. same as training for your half Ironman, which you did a dozen of, right? So yeah. at the end of the day, you can't, oh, I want to beat five hours. Well, you can't necessarily put that down as a goal, even though you can, you can't guarantee it. But what you can do is your training, your preparation, your mental activity. You can, you can guarantee your preparation. You can guarantee your training, you know, so your bike's ready. You've got your gear, you've hydrated before the day. You can do all those things as part of your goal. What happens on the day could be completely different. Could get a flat tire, anything could go wrong. So you can't guarantee results. But I know that if you do all the actions, you are going to achieve a lot of your goals and you're probably going to achieve a lot more than you think. So action-orientated goals is the most important goal of all. 
Never, ever heard of this before. I love it. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for sharing your wisdom. <laughs> That's all right. You're welcome. But yeah, it's, uh, and I love sharing it. There's lots of people out there and I wish I'd have known some of this stuff when I was younger. And today right. with the ability to be able to share like you are with your audience, Bethany, is there's people out now that will get inspired and motivated and there will be a lot more able to achieve things that we couldn't 30 years ago. Yeah. And they're going to start creating action goals. <laughs> action oriented goals. You know, a lot of people set result-based goals, the car, the house. Yeah. They're just outcomes yeah. and results. They are rewards and I'm all for rewards. Look, no, I'm not saying yeah. don't set a goal for a car, but that's a reward. It's not really the goal, you know? Yeah. No, I like that because also, I mean, total kind of tangent, but it's like you did the book, right? You accomplish writing the book and then what? It's like, and then what, right? I, I feel like when I have finished some of my big goals or accomplishments, it was, there was this kind of like, now, now what? Like it wasn't a high. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, yes and no, sometimes rightly so, because it's just part of the process, but other times. <laughs> Other yeah. times it's important. And that's why, see, I have this in the system 1357. That's why I have smarter goals. You've heard of smart goals, specific, mm -hmm. measurable, achievable, time bound, realistic. I'm sorry, realistic time bound. Right. The yeah. ER stands for evaluate and reward. You've got to reward yourself, whether it's just a, a sit down and a cup of coffee, go, cool, that job's done. Or it's some other celebration. You do need to reward yourself. And for some people, that is a car or a boat or whatever it is. But you do need to, right. you know, the R stands for a few things. Reward, reset, um, all sorts of things. So, all yeah. sorts of things. I know my dog, my dog is doing circles. Usually he just lays down for everything. He's like, oh, you got it. Goals, <laughs> smart goals, action. <laughs> But yeah, oh, I mean, man. at the end of the day, that's when I, when I sold the business and I retired and everything, mm -hmm. um, someone said to me, oh, you're not really retired. I said, yeah, true. I'm just achieving a bunch more goals, right? Just my goals have changed. And the, the necessity and the burning desire, that need to achieve those goals is a lot more reduced. But, you know, when I'm, when I'm writing books or I'm speaking in front of an audience, they're just goals. That's all they are. I've just set, and then I thought about it and thought, well, hang on a minute. You know, that's actually all I've done all my life is just set goals. That's all I've done. So, you know, whether it was learning how yeah. to surf or whether it was creating the company, it was just achieving goals, you know, and, and as an example of action-based goals, I did the triathlon, but in surfing, I could go out and have the best surf of my life in a competition and come and be really happy but still yeah. get beat because someone else just had a better serve, <laughs> you know? So I can't guarantee I'm yeah. going to win, even if I do the best I possibly can. Same as Olympic swimmers. Right. They could, right. they could do a personal best in the Olympics, still come in second, Yeah, you know? which is a bummer, no. but you know what? It's still, they've achieved everything they've ever wanted to achieve. And really when you look at that, that's what it's all about. And that's why action-based goals, as opposed to reward-based goals are way better. Um, one, one final question, one final question. I just have, you keep making me think of more questions. <laughs> do you read your goals regularly? Do I what? Do you read them? Like, do you look at them? Are they on like some dry erase board that you're looking at all the time or off yeah. to the side? 
a lot of people have vision boards mm-hmm. and, and no, I don't have one of them. <laughs> but I'm all for a vision board. If that's what you need to keep the goals in front of you, do it. So yeah. here's the reality, right? Yeah. So with, with goal setting, you write it down, you plan it out, you tell people about it, you involve people, and then you take action. There's the five-step formula to achieving your goals. The reality is it's achieved in reverse. You take action, you involve people, you tell people, you plan it and write it. It's actually achieved in reverse. So mm. action is the number one thing. So doing something, yeah. having a yeah. vision board is irrelevant, really, yeah. unless you're going to do something about those goals. Well, it, it, I think part of it is owning it. Yeah. Oh, like these are my goals. And like, but you're kind of cementing that. Yep. All for it. I'm a huge fan of vision boards. Absolutely. Oh, I think they're a yeah. great idea. I've been in, I went into a friend's house and he painted a wall just in chalk. So they had chalkboard up. And they wrote oh, all their yeah. goals and what they want to do and, and all these ideas on their chalkboard. I said, fantastic. Hallelujah. <laughs> now, if that's what you want to do, I'm 100% yeah. for it. But everyone's yeah. different. So some people right. don't like writing it down. But as long as it's a driver for you and you're taking the action, right, right. it's right. the most important bit anyway. Yeah. And you're just all about the action. So All about action. <laughs> Love it. Well, I could have a goal of doing a triathlon, but unless I start doing some swimming, some riding and some running, I'm never going to complete a triathlon. (laughs) Totally. Totally. Exactly. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. Right. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. He's in, you're in Australia or New Zealand? Australia. Australia. So joining us all the way from Australia to LA. I love it. The beauty of technology. (laughs) <laughs> it's a wonderful thing, isn't it? You know? Yes. And you know, okay. the the book is actually selling the most in America. Oh. So that's where the good. biggest amount of sales have come from over there. So it's because uh, the, the beautiful thing about what I like about, um, for a start, I worked for an American insurance company for 10 years. Right. And it was all about goal setting and motivation, which was perfect for me. Uh, but I love, I love how the Americans all want to succeed. They all want to work smarter. They all want that sort of thing. Now, you probably don't know what I'm talking about because you're not in Australia. <laughs> but there's so, much success. <laughs> so yeah. much success over there. and People want to achieve things and they're go-getters. They really are, a lot of them. And, and that's, why, that's why I'm super happy that the American market has liked the five systems. Uh, it's, it's been very validating for me that they relate to it. So I'm pretty happy about Yay. that. And yeah. uh, hopefully next year I get to go over there and do some speaking as well. So yeah, it's, lots of speaking for sure. Lots of it. And travel. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Well, thank you again so much. I'm going to link your book, your website. Where else? Is there anywhere else you'd love for people? No, nah, just I do stuff on LinkedIn. People go to the website, learn. And just so you know, by the way, Bethany, I've got nothing to sell in that sense. I share all this information. I mean, people love the book because it's condensed and it's specific, but I've got like 200 odd videos for free on system 1357 that people can go and watch. Where? System1357.com. Oh, login. All right. Log in, go watch the videos. They're all free. So in fact, wow. I think there's 250 videos on there that people can go and watch and look at and learn and all the ideas that I've got. And people do every day. There's people watching them all the time and it doesn't oh, cost so anything. Well, for me, it's my philanthropic way of giving back 
to the people out there mm-hmm. that want to achieve something. I wish I had have had some of that when I was younger. So now I just give it away. Beautiful. Cool. So I'll link that too. Link it all. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> You're so inspiring. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us this morning, my nighttime and filling us up with your cup of wisdom and literally I'm I'm like that. Yeah, I know. Well, that's why I'm saying (laughs) and the actionable goals, actionable. That's like, that's what's really landing for me right now. How would I action-based goals? Action-based How would I rewrite them though? That's, that's the next step. So sounds like a fun adventure. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> well, if I've helped you in that way today, I yeah. am super happy. Yes. Yes. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm inspired. Give it a shot. I'm, cu- I'm curious what comes out of it. I'll have to keep you posted. Well, like I said, just think about your triathlon days. You know, you, 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 you focused on the training and what was needed to achieve the goal. Those actions are what got you there. And it's the same in business. It's the same everywhere. All right. You know? Like in sales, if you, if you want to sell some, if you want to sell some of your product or to some people, you've got a strike rate. You may need to talk to a hundred people this year, you know, so you need to go and talk to a hundred people. If you're not talking to a hundred people, you won't achieve the 30 sales you need. If that's an example, or it could be a thousand for 300 sales, or it could be 10,000 for 3000 sales as an example. If you don't do the actions, you're not going to get any sales. If you're not prospecting and talking to people in your business, for example, or you might run a major organization. Oh, we need some leader. Well, if you're not doing leadership training, there's not going to be better leadership. You want better leaders. That's an outcome. It's the training. It's the actions that create better leaders. It's the training, training, training. All right. There you have it. The juicy goodness with Scotty Schindler, street smart entrepreneur. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard, be sure to subscribe and leave a review for the opportunity of a free sleep healing meditation by me. Screenshot your review to at Bethany London on Instagram. It fuels me to keep bringing you more and more guests. So stay in touch on Insta or subscribe to emails at bethanylondon.com for healing opportunities, courses, and the latest show notes of the podcast. Don't hesitate to tag the guests and I with your favorite quotes for us to reshare. We're looking forward to connecting with you in the next episode. And in the meantime, I'm wishing you that quantum leap. Hey guys, it's Miriam Love here. And I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric House Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love. Available now wherever you listen to music. Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. No, that's just my dad. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a big home. On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric acid.